Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, just got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I am referee and co-host Aubrey Edwards, along with my co-host and commentary legend, Tony Schiavone. How you doing, Tony? Aubrey, what's up, girl? How you been? I'm good. I'm two cups of coffee in. How many monsters are you in? I'm one monster in. I got another one on the way. On the way. Sweet. Yeah, I don't I don't do the coffee stuff anymore, even though it's been 18 months working at Starbucks. That that did not get me out of coffee. I just got a different direction. That's all. Have a new love. I respect it. It's fine. Also, something I respect is people needing to reschedule podcasts because they have a birth of a child. So <laughs> I'm excited to finally have Kyle O'Reilly on the podcast today. That was a fun message getting like 10 minutes before our last podcast. Like, hi, uh, Kyle's not going to make it. His wife went into labor. So congratulations. Thank you so much. How are you, new dad? It's so cool. Uh, you hear the cliche. It's such an indescribable feeling. Oh, you won't know love until you have a kid. All right, I got gotcha. you. But then when it happens, it's pretty special. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I want to touch on something I mentioned on Twitter. I called you a Pacific Northwest legend. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like amongst like my circle because I started working in Vancouver after you had already been signed. I've just heard stories about Kyle O'Reilly and El Phantasmo like all the time from like Baroni and Nicole and Artie and all these people. So I'm like, oh, this guy's like legendary. He's awesome. So I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So anytime someone thinks Pacific Northwest legend, they think like Brian Danielson. I'm like, oh, right. I got to kind of tailor it down a little bit. So you're a legend to me. Thank you for being here today. Well, I appreciate being legendary status to you, Aubrey. That's, that's pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. But yeah. Nah, take it. Take it. So you debuted at the Dynamite Holiday Bash, came in in the middle of a match. I think Bryce's back was turned, so this may be news to him. But uh, came in, confronted Orange Cassidy. What was all that like? Like, how was that day for you? It was super cool. I want to say stressful, but it really wasn't. It was just kind of like, just exciting. Like a lot of my experiences in the last few years of, of wrestling have been very stressful and high pressure situations. But this just felt like, I don't know. It was like a homecoming. It, I just felt comfortable and ready to rock. I didn't really confirm anything. I think until like the day before, or maybe the Monday before that Wednesday. You know, they flew me into. I think we were in uh, Greensboro, and I flew into Charlotte. 
Boz, the driver, picked me up and we had a great chat on uh, the way up to Greensboro. And it was just such a cool, exciting time. And uh, of course, seeing everybody backstage, people that I came up with in this business for years that I hadn't seen in so long, it was just a really cool reunion of sorts. And then, of course, you know, the debut happens in this arena full of people. And it just was so exciting. And like, I'm kind of getting goosebumps just thinking about it and reminiscing about it. But uh, it was a special moment. And I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity with AEW. The moment uh, Kyle received a, a tremendous pop uh, when, when you arrived, you know, realistically, there's a lot of fans out there that expected you to arrive with AEW, but they didn't know when and they didn't know how it would unfold. And it was such a tremendous pop when you got into the ring. And you did a great job of just, you know, looking the badass that you are. Is it tough to stay in character sometime when you get such a tremendous pop? I mean, you're going to be a heel, but fans love to see you, right? Right. In those situations, you just want to embrace it and just enjoy that love that you're feeling from uh, and pick up on that energy. But that's kind of the cool thing about wrestling. You can still enjoy that energy and pick up on the crowd response, but still stay true to your yourself and your character. And I think that was cool. And I think the people were just excited to see me and Adam and Bobby all together. It was like, it wasn't just, Oh, there's Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. But it's, Oh, there's Kyle O'Reilly. And the three of those dudes are together. Whoa. Like that's what made it kind of cool. I think. I think that's one of the things that I really like about AEW in particular is that we don't shy away from people's past experiences yes. where they are. like maybe we can't say undisputed on tv and we can't you know mention wwe but like our fans at least know like the importance of you showing you up to acknowledge that right yeah yeah right it's like it's not like oh yeah he vanished for four years and wasn't wrestling it's like <laughs> you're like no that's part of the great storyline here right and if you just ignore it then the people are just like okay like we're not idiots come on just acknowledge this like i yeah totally agree with you there I like it in particular because it feels like a very adult storyline where like Adam yeah. Cole has these two groups of friends and they're both like vying for his time. And I'm like, oh, that's like every adult ever who's like changed jobs or <laughs> like this isn't completely relatable. Yeah. You want to keep that link to your past of your buddies from before, but you're kind of moving on. Like, yeah, it's very, uh, very adult. Yes. Dynamite New Year's Smash. You, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish versus Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. How did it feel to get the pin on your first debut on Dynamite, but also I think it was the last pin on the Dynamite and TNT era? What does that feel like to you? It was unreal. Just just coming out in that Jacksonville arena, which, you know, during the pandemic, I'd watching AEW and, and watching that environment and, and seeing that arena. And then it's kind of surreal to actually come out and to hear a crowd response and to have a, a whole crowd of people there actually enjoying <laughs> what they're seeing was, was kind of special <laughs> in of itself. And of course, wrestling with those guys and having a six man tag against the best friends, like these are dudes that I've known for a long time. So it was, it was pretty cool and unique to have my debut with those guys as well. Like it was very, like, I was very comfortable in every aspect of it. It was really exciting. And I, I, can't wait to get back in there. I can't wait to be on TBS. I can't wait to, to be on TNT again. I just can't wait to come back and uh, get back in the ring. We are talking with Kyle O'Reilly and Kyle coming up a little bit later. We're going to have fan questions, but since we're talking about Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and your association with them, this comes from at Wiggles FT on uh, Twitter. Wants to know, how did you meet Adam Cole and how did the guys come together as a team and develop into a story that spans for years? How did that all start? Yeah. Meeting Adam Cole goes back to 2009. And I had recently just 
packed up everything I own and left British Columbia and crossed the border into the U.S. And I was going to make this pro wrestling thing work no matter what. And it, whatever it takes, I'm just going to move my whole life and starve, sleep on a couch until whatever it works out. There was a company called Dragon Gate USA that was starting to gain some momentum and in the independence. And they had a show in Philadelphia. There was an opportunity for a pre-show match or a dark match. Maybe if you, if, you know, if you come out, maybe there's something, a spot for you. So of course I get in my car. This is, it's a long drive. And so I drove to Philly and I uh, get to the building and there's this young kid named Adam Cole, who's pretty fresh. Like, I think he'd only been wrestling maybe a year or two. I, I mean, I was a veteran of four years at that point, <laughs> but uh, no, we were still super green and super new and super just anxious and ready to prove ourselves. And so we, we wrestled each other in a dark match and we did really well. Like the crowd was super into it. It was like our first sort of breakout match that like, people are talking about us now. And so they went up on the YouTube and it just created a bit of buzz for both of us. It was really cool to see. And uh, we, we hit it off like gangbusters from the first time hanging out and talking and working together. And we had great chemistry. And then we ended up getting picked up by ring of honor and they ended up signing us both at the same time. And they're like, well, what are we going to do with these two young kids? Let's just put them in a tag team as baby faces to try and start getting over. And, and that's exactly what we did. We, we started tagging and then eventually I turned on him or however that all went down and then we feuded and we've been like connected ever since. Like our careers are paralleled and we've been tagging, we've been bitter enemies, blood feuds, best friends again, and then enemy. It's like, it's just been kind of a, a cycle and it's, it's been amazing because I owe so much to that guy. I don't want to say that I've been riding his coattails because that's not necessarily true, but like I, owe he's writing yours. <laughs> <laughs> I owe so much to just being associated with Adam and uh, I've learned so much as a performer from him. And yeah, he's, he's one of my legit best friends and just a great guy and one of the best all around performers in this business. So it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, that's a bonus as well. So when we had Adam on the podcast, he said that the the journey to AEW happened rather quickly. His contract expired, and then he suddenly shows up pretty soon after that. And I remember the day in Greensboro. Anytime we have someone new joining the company, there's always that like kayfabe moment of like they have their own dressing room and it just says special guest. Oh. And I look across the hall and you're sitting in there with the elite. I'm like, oh, okay, no, it's definitely Kyle. No one's keeping this kayfabe. Like everyone just knows he's here. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. So when did you seriously consider like coming over to AEW? Like when did that become an option for you? Probably as soon as Bobby debuted in AEW. And then of course, once Adam debuted in AEW, you know, the wheels start turning and it's like, okay, well, what do I got to do to get there as well? You know, these are, these are my guys. This is a place where I think Kyle O'Reilly can really be utilized well and, and fit in well. Like this is a, a company that has really set the standard for an in-ring product. And I think I'm suited better in the environment like AEW. And it, it really felt like homecoming there. I'm just excited at all the prospects, all the potential matchups and just everything about AEW was like, man, what do we got to do to get there? And so it's kind of like in motion, the second all those guys came over and once my deal came up, it was kind of a no brainer, really. Uh, do you remember uh, what it was like when you first met Tony Khan and talking to him? It was pretty cool and surreal. <laughs> it always is. <laughs> we were yeah. chatting, um, I think the week when 
all the stuff with the Jacksonville Jaguars coach was going down. Right. And so he was so busy (laughs) doing a million different things. I have no idea where this guy finds the time to even take a a phone call with a guy like Kyle O'Reilly. Like where I don't, it blows my mind. Uh, But you can tell just from talking with him that like, he is so passionate about this industry and about this business and about making AEW what it is. Like, look what he's done with AEW in two years. It's absolutely incredible. Not to mention what he's doing, you know, with uh, Fulham and with the Jags. It's like, it's, it's pretty cool. And um, you really feel his energy and can tell that he's, when he looks you in the eye and he gives you the time of day to chat, like he's not just, it's legit. It's, he's really concerned about you and he wants whatever you questions you have. He wants to answer them to the fullest extent of his abilities and just to, he's just a good boss, man. He, and he, it's, it's really cool. I, don't, I can't say enough good things about Tony, really. There's that moment where like he looks at you in the eye and just says, let's fucking go. And you're like, no one has ever meant more yeah. about that phrase than him. <laughs> it's like, no, he, he legit means it. And it truly fires you up. It does fire you up. Absolutely. It totally does. does. Yeah. We're talking with Kyle O'Reilly and he had a, a tremendous career before his time in AEW. We'll talk more about that when we continue on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted continues with Tony and Aubrey. Glad you could be with us and so glad that Kyle O'Reilly is with us. It's a little story. Kyle's, uh, when he arrived, it was kind of like when Miro arrived with me. I was backstage in Jacksonville and Miro walks by and said, hi, I'm Miro. And hi, how you doing? And then I stopped and went, shit, Miro's here. So I walk <laughs> into, so we're, uh, we're in Greensboro and I go into the Bucks dressing room. I always like to go in to give people shit. And I go into the dressing room, and, and Kyle said, hey, Kyle O'Reilly. I went, hey, how you doing? And I walk out and went, shit, Kyle O'Reilly's here. <laughs> it's one of those senior moments where you it doesn't hit you at first, but there you go. But anyway, it's great having you here, Kyle. And uh, you grew up in Canada playing rugby. Sure. All the way through high school. And listen, I had a son who played rugby, which in Georgia is not probably what it is in Canada. But I know what you kids go through playing rugby. What did you love most about rugby? That Man, that's a badass sport. It really is. It's a great sport. And one of my favorite things about it is just the team camaraderie. You face another team and it's like just a battle. It's a war. And then the second the match is over, it's hugging the other team. Let's go for beers. And it's just really like a cool club and fraternity to be a part of if you're a rugby player. It's shocking that it's not a bigger sport in the U.S. because it's really got everything. Mm-hmm. It's physical. It's intense. It's hard hitting. And it's technical. There's no whistles and breaks. Like it's con- it's like a like a soccer match. It's constantly going without any stoppage, and like you have to be insane physical conditioning to be a good rugby player. And uh, yeah, growing up in Canada, it was kind of big. Like in high school, like it was a pretty big kind of sport to be a part of. Right. And then we in my senior year, we got to go over to Europe and play in Ireland and and in England and Wales and just get absolutely smashed by those guys because it's a different league over there. Like they grow up playing like it'd be like them coming to Canada and playing hockey against us. Right. Like they're just going to get absolutely destroyed. Right. But that experience made us like such a, a, a complete team. Like we learned so much from it and we came back and then ended up going undefeated in our senior year after getting just slaughtered by these guys. So it's, and we gained so much from them and just stayed in touch with those guys and their coaches and their teams and, it's a pretty unique sport. <laughs> so you you broke into wrestling in 2005 and started your MMA training about a year after that. Why did you start the MMA training after wrestling? 
Because I know everyone kind of has their own own reasonings and whatnot. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a way to supplement my training that was similar to pro wrestling. Like it's really hard to capture what it feels like to perform in the ring uh, from a cardio standpoint. Like there's really nothing that compares to a pro wrestling match. I felt like jujitsu and kickboxing was was close to that, and it was something that like made me a better pro wrestler. It made my footwork better. It made my timing better. It made all my strikes and my submission transitions better. Like I, I watched when I first broke in or debuted or whatever. And, you know, I'm trying to do like an arm bar and stuff like that. And it just looks off because I didn't actually train yet. And so it wasn't until like years and years of training that it actually started to translate better into my pro wrestling. And so now it's just, it's part of my lifestyle. I love it so much. It's something that I do on the regular, specifically jujitsu. It's, I love it. And it just made me a bit more complete performer all around. And it was, you know, it's difficult at first, like, especially, you know, those first few years, nothing's really fun until you're good at it. So when you're just going in and getting smashed repeatedly by tiny little dudes, it (laughs) kind of bruises the ego a little bit, but once you stick with it and you get better (laughs) at it, like it's something that I absolutely love now. And I wouldn't change anything about that journey. And it's just really made my pro wrestling so much better. Just having that ability. I think you mentioned that you met Adam Cole in 2009, and that began Ring of Honor when you were in Ring of Honor, and you said you grew up wanting to be in Ring of Honor. Well, my main goal in, in wrestling, I wanted to wrestle in Japan, okay. and I felt like going through Ring of Honor was like my, my pathway there at the time. I broke in in 2005. That's when Ring of Honor was like the number one indie company. That's when Brian Danielson was having that amazing ROH world title run, right? and I just wanted to be a part of that because... You know, it seemed like you could make a bit of a living there as an independent wrestler. Like I know the possibility of going to WWE or a major company was, didn't even consider that a possibility. And I didn't really want that. I wanted to go to Japan and I wanted to make those sacrifices and to, to have that journey that made it worthwhile. If, if I did make it in wrestling, I, you wanted it to be full of sacrifices. We all read the autobiographies, like the Mick Foley book of sleeping in his car, eating raw potatoes. Like what's the point of making it in this business without having an autobiography that's worth reading. I had to make that happen in 09. I packed up my life into my little Cavalier and and drove to St. Louis and did the illegal alien thing for a few years and just determined to make it work no matter what. And uh, I think you kind of have to have that outlook. Like it's good to have a plan B and everything like that. But I feel like if I did have a plan B or something to fall back on, maybe I wouldn't have taken it as far as I have. Speaking of big indie companies, you had a very good run at PWG has quite the the history and the legacy with a lot of the people at our current company. You debuted there 2011, I think, with Adam Cole's Future Shock. Great feud with the Young Bucks. I remember one of like my favorite matches to watch was the ladder match. Like Knox eventually ends up diving on you guys. It's with um, Player One and Player Dose, or Player Uno, Player Dose, who are now yeah. you know Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Talk about your PWG experience and sort of your rise since you were there for so long. It's another place that you know, as an indie performer, you want to take it to the next level, you get booked on a PWG show and that's huge exposure because there's such a cult following. And this first time I wrestled in, well, maybe not the very first time in California, but in in Los Angeles, that rabid Reseda crowd is just known for being just like kind of a mecca of indie wrestling and coming in with Adam to fight the Young Bucks was like, what a debut to have there. So you can't not kill it with the Young Bucks. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that. We tore it up, basically had a job there moving forward 
after that and always look forward to going to work for PWG. Those weekends would take it out of you physically just because you draw, you fly to the West Coast, you go to the venue, the shows start so late. Like sometimes the show wouldn't start till 9, 10 p.m. You're going on at like midnight, which is 3 a.m. on the East Coast. You're so haggard. You get back to the hotel, flights in an hour, back to the airport. Like those weekends would would destroy you, but were so worth it. Like it just, uh, nothing but fond memories from going to PWG because I really put a lot of passion and energy into those matches there. I'm really proud of the matches that I had there and the run that I had there. It was a really special place. Kyle, you mentioned you you really wanted to, your goal was to wrestle in Japan. So in 2014, New Japan Pro Wrestling, you had a run there. And so now you're wrestling, you're at Wrestle Kingdom in front of 60,000 fans at the Tokyo Dome. That had to be quite a moment for you. Absolutely surreal. I think the first Tokyo Dome we did was maybe Wrestle Kingdom 9, I think maybe in 2015. Okay. And they brought Jim Ross in to do commentary, the English commentary. So that was my first time meeting Jim Ross and having him call one of my matches. And that was one of the things that I could, I told my parents like, you know, okay, you're wrestling with Tokyo Dome, Japan, whatever. That didn't really mean nothing to them. But I told them, Jim Ross is doing commentary on my match. Jim Ross, the the commentator from WWF? Like, yeah, like it just was so cool to explain that to them. And I think they were like, okay, maybe this is taking off. Maybe this is kind of a big deal. Right. So I kind of helped explain to them, this is an upward trajectory. It's not just, you know, I'm not just treading water here. You had some incredible matches and moments during your time at NXT. And I know everyone talks about learning some great things from Shawn Michaels and whatnot. I want to ask, is there anything in particular you learned during your experience there? And are there any like major moments that stand out to you? I learned a lot about structuring like a main event match. And, you know, there's that age old adage of pro wrestling, listen to the people, listen to the people and never really got what that really meant. Okay. I'm listening to them. Like they're cheering and then they're quieting down. Sean really kind of taught us just to, instead of going up and down with the crowd reaction, you try and just keep it like a level. Like, so like, on a double down, just don't move until they start to die. And then you can move and then you bring them back up. And it's just mm-hmm. little things like that that you don't really think of. And you can, it's really hard to just learn on your own until someone just kind of explains that to you. And then a light bulb goes off and just helps you take your game to the next level. I, I feel like my time there made me so much more polished and complete as a performer. I'm so grateful for my time there, the four and a half years there in that system working with the Shawn Michaels is and, and the William Regals and the Triple H's like really made me a much more polished and confident performer. I think you had to feel that your, your career was on the right trajectory because you had been in new Japan pro wrestling. You've been on the Indies, new Japan now wrestling the wrestle kingdom, big crowd. And now you're in NXT and you're going to be seen on a national level. So that had to be a good feeling for you signing with them. Absolutely. It feels like, all the sacrifices that I've made the last, at that point, maybe it was 13 or 14 years were all absolutely worth it. I can tell people now, you know, I've made it to the top company at the time, you know, I made it to a major right. television show. Like it's just something that you can point at and say, look at all this was so worth it. I don't know. It's just, it was really cool and really surreal. I'm great. Just grateful for having had that opportunity to go there. And because going there, I was able to, use that to come to an AEW now where I feel like things are really going to kick off now for Kyle O'Reilly. Makes that uh, secret alien illegal move all worth it, doesn't it? 
So worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're talking to Kyle O'Reilly on AEW Unrestricted. We've got lots and lots of fan questions coming up. You're listening to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Aubrey and Tony here with the wonderful and amazing Kyle O'Reilly. We've got a bunch of fan questions. Obviously, you've had an incredible run on the indies, a credible run at NXT. People just want to know more about you and absolutely love you. So first uh, question from Darren Report. Is there a particular event or match that inspired you to become a wrestler? I mean, I feel like the very first time I went to a show, I remember the feel like, so it was in 1998, WWF ran a pay-per-view in Vancouver called Rock Bottom. The main event was Stone Cold versus The Undertaker in a buried alive match. And like 12-year-old me was just an obsessed fan at that point. And I just remember everything about getting to that arena. I remember the smell of the t-shirt. I remember walking and seeing the ring for the first time, looking around and seeing this huge arena the feelings that gave me, it was just indescribable. And it was like, <laughs> I know it's cliche to say I, at that moment, I knew I was going to be a professional wrestler, but it really kind of was. <laughs> As a kid, you grow up and you have different goals and dreams and hopes and aspirations. But wrestling was always there as something that I don't care if I never would have made a dime off wrestling. If I was still at the Russian Cultural Center in Vancouver once a month, I would be doing it with all of my passion that I could muster because it's just something that's in my blood that I just love and I can't describe how much it means to me. So yeah, I just, from that moment, I think I knew something in the realm of pro wrestling was for me. Shout out to the RCC. Love that venue. Yeah. Great venue. Hell, shout out to the whole city. One of the great cities in America, in the world. I spent a lot of time in uh, Vancouver and Burnaby. Oh, right on. Yeah. Doing voiceovers for EA sports. Yeah. That's such a great time. They're just a wonderful city. Okay. Ten Chi Jin Hart wants to know, over the years, Kyle has had a lengthy run as both a singles and a tag team wrestler. What do you prefer? That's a tough one because I absolutely adore tag team wrestling. I think a good tag team match is one of the best things in this business. You know, when it's done well with two teams that have the same philosophies and the same beliefs of, you know, just psychology and just the way they want to present the match like there's there's it's hard to top a good tag match and i've had a lot of amazing tag team partners over the years but of course you know i love singles wrestling as well there's something so different and unique about each element and i just i just love to perform in general any chance i get if it's a six man an eight man a straight up tag match or a singles match this is an opportunity for kyle o'reilly to show the world what he's all about and his beliefs and philosophy in wrestling and i just want to make it as good and as realistic and believable and and hard-hitting as I possibly can. We're talking with Kyle O'Reilly here on AEW Unrestricted, and we're doing fan questions. And by the way, we appreciate all the fan questions that were submitted to Kyle on Twitter. Uh, this comes from Jedi Marcus. Kyle, we talked about uh, already about your first time in, in AEW. You were in Greensboro. What was your first impression of the locker room in AEW when you first came in that week? There's a, a true camaraderie there. A lot of these guys... I came up in the business with, like I'd mentioned earlier, there was so many people I hadn't seen in years that are some of my really close friends in this industry. There really is something in AW in the locker room. There's just a real a drive and a passion that is kind of feels like in Reseda in the PWG locker room. There's this, everyone wants to go out and absolutely kill it. It's like a friendly competition. The match before me going out and absolutely killing it, it's going to drive me to 
kill it in my match, which is going to elevate the next match. And just, it keeps going up in a trajectory that is just, I think why AEW is doing so well, because it, you can tell from watching the screen that these guys and girls are passionate and they're driven to just absolutely kill it. You can't force that or fake that because when you watch AEW, it's real. You see that these people are giving everything they have, you know, from the production to the referees, to the tag match, to the main event. There's something about it that is really unparalleled, I think, in this industry. And it's cool to see. Definitely. Like everyone feels it. We feel it on the back. They feel yeah. it in the crowd. Like it's just, it's a completely unique experience, but it definitely like captures like what wrestling is. Uh, we have a question from J Rocket 121. Is there a story behind playing the air guitar on the championship belt? <laughs> As a kid, you see the Hogan's coming out playing it. It's just something that we had a really cool theme song. And I didn't plan on doing that. I just came out and I just, just kind of just turned into a psychedelic funky priest slapping the bass on his <laughs> title belt and just kind of the music took over and I just kind of, and it turned into a thing of itself. And then people were like, oh, you got to do the guitar thing tonight. What guitar thing? You know, on the belt. Oh, okay. I just kind of kept doing it. And I guess people liked it for whatever reason. I think it looks stupid as hell when I do it, but hey, <laughs> if people like it, then all right. <laughs> Well, once again, you got to throw things against the wall, see if they stick, right? Yeah. That stuck. So there you go. So yeah. Endure to Survive wants to know, what's your favorite moment with the Undisputed Era? I think um, when the group was completed, when Roderick Strong joined the group, Bobby had a bad knee. We needed another guy to just complete the package. And when the group first started, we were like, there can't be anyone else part of this thing. But we all sort of agreed that if there had to be another guy, I think Roddy would fit in tremendously because we are tight with him. He, he came up in this business with us and we're all legitimately close friends. And he brings something to the group that we desperately needed. Lo and behold, the, uh, we get approached thinking about adding Roddy to the group and we're like, perfect. So once the uh, group was complete and there was four members, I, that's such a special moment. And uh, it was really cool. Got a question from uh, Ryan Coates. Particularly, I was very happy about this as well. How happy are you to have Dance Away by Damn Valentine's back as your entrance theme? I know. I love that tune. Yeah, we had that all throughout Ring of Honor and in New Japan. And it's it's another thing. It's weird. Like, same with the, the Undisputed theme song. At first, when you hear it, you're like, uh, you're not thrilled about it. And with Damn Valentine's, like, it's kind of cool. He sort of sounds like Danzig when he's singing. And so I can get behind this. And then the more you use it, the more it... it jives with you and the more the crowd oh yeah this is the part where we say yeah you know <laughs> they, get, they get interested <laughs> in it and involved or whatever and it ended up suiting us and uh, now i can't imagine ever coming out with bobby to to another song this is from at ryan horton as someone training in vancouver ryan says that we've got a very rich history of indie wrestling that no one knows about what are your favorite matches you've seen or been a part of in vancouver Ooh. So. Brian Danielson used to come up there quite a bit. Okay. And a guy that trained me, his name is Aaron Idol, just a tremendous wrestler. He's a psychologist now. He's not really involved in wrestling anymore, but I'm still very close friends with him. But he, believe it or not, he's actually legally blind. And when he's wrestling, he really can't see anything. Uh, like when he's hitting the ropes, they disappear. And he's been a part of some of the best matches I've ever seen. He had a match with Brian Danielson in uh, Bridgeview Hall in Surrey that was one of the best matches I've ever seen to this day. Watching his matches and Aaron Idol versus White Tiger as a fan going to independent shows 
made me want believe that maybe I could do this. And there is a pathway to make it in pro wrestling. Cause you know, when you're going, when you just see wrestling on TV, you don't think that there's a, an avenue to enter the business from, and then you figure out, Oh, there's independent wrestling shows. There's a, a show at the local community center. What the hell? And then it kind of just opens. Oh, wow. That, this is something that you can do. Okay. And then, uh, when I began to train, I started training under idol and, uh, yeah, he really explained wrestling just in such a different way to me. And uh, me and my friend, uh, Sid Silem, we were like, let's just go train and we can train under this guy. And uh, I, I yeah. think it's great that there's someone who was in wrestling is now into psychology. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we need more psychs in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Damn right. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyle, thanks a lot, buddy. It's great having you with us. It really is, man. And I Hey, thank you, Tony. I, I saw in back where Arn Anderson one time called you and Bobby Shooters. Yeah. Uh, he said, hey, Shooters. So that's what I call you and Bobby when I see you guys now because <laughs> right on. you're pretty freaking stiff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that, in a good way. I mean that in a good way. Okay. Yeah, well, Bobby's Stiffy Ray Vaughn. I go by Stiffy Wonder. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, you can uh, follow Kyle on Instagram and Twitter at K-O-R Combat. That's K-O-R Combat. And don't forget, this podcast is available to you wherever you get your podcasts for free. And on YouTube, watch the video version by searching AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey Edwards. And then also on YouTube, you can watch Dark Elevation on Mondays and Dark on Tuesdays. Lots of awesome, incredible AEW talent. Speaking of AEW incredible talent, like we're on every friggin' network on the Warner Media branch, it feels like. Uh, we're on TBS on Wednesdays, 8 o'clock, 7 central. And then we're still on TNT, Rampage, Friday, 10 o'clock, 9 central. This is Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, AEW Unrestricted, signing off. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted.